Hey everybody, Sam Mellinger here, sports columnist with the Kansas City Star. I am grateful for you listening to the 55th episode of the Mellinger Minutes for Your Ears podcast. The goal this week, the goal every week, is to be worth your time. This week we're going to do that with the best, I'm being sarcastic, the best chief schedule breakdown you'll find anywhere. Questions about this thing where we Kansas Cityans get like just wicked angry when people don't get the whole state line road thing. An update on the streaming availability of Royals and sporting games, sports pet peeves, and something I want you to remember and use to be smarter than your friends when you talk about the Chiefs. Bonus segment is with Mike Matheny, and I know this isn't the most fun time to talk about the Royals, right? But I do think it's one of the most interesting times to talk about the Royals and specifically to do it with with their manager. Mike, as always, came honest and insightful. I really enjoyed the conversation, and, and I think you will too. Okay, the Stars running a special promotion for the Sports Pass right now. Dollar a month for three months. That's all of our sports coverage, including more original Chiefs and Royals content than you can find anywhere else. You can find that on our website. Just reach out to me, Twitter, Facebook, email, and, and I'll send you the link. I appreciate all of you. It seems like it's been more and more lately too, which I especially appreciate, but I appreciate everybody uh, who's offered great feedback and written in asking for that subscription link. The support means everything to me and more importantly, it means a lot to the people I work with, so thank you. Okay, here's the show. The, the NFL <laughs> released its schedule this week, and you probably heard about this, right? Because it was broadcast on every network and essentially owned two days of social media. And I've got to be honest with you guys here. I hate the schedule release event, and I will tell you exactly why. There's a lot of reasons, actually. Um, it's a made-up artificial thing where like quite literally nothing happens. We already know every team's opponent, right? We already know like which of those games will be at home, which will be on the road. Uh, I hate the slow leaks of individual games. I hate like the cross-referencing that happens with, you know, speculating like specific Chiefs games based on when the Royals will be on the road in September. Um, I hate the instant analysis uh, about who has an easy schedule or a hard one. Again, like we already know the opponents. I hate like the whining from certain teams about, you know, like having to play like two of their first three on the road or like the timing of the bye week or whatever. And and all that is true. But guy, like the biggest reason I hate the schedule release, <laughs> I hate, it's because I consume all of it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I know it's fluff. Uh, I know it's nonsense. And, and I'm still just like drowning in, in, in all of it anyway. Like, this is a weird analogy, uh, but hopefully by now you've expected that from me. Like, you guys ever had Starburst jelly beans? Like, look, I, I know we, we've all got different palates, you know, different vices, uh, but brothers and sisters, I am here to tell you that I like, you know, at least in theory, a grown man with a job and a family and a mortgage and everything, I am absolutely helpless in front of a bowl of Starburst jelly beans. Um, I eat them by the fistful like, and, and I don't stop until they're all gone. Even as I can feel like the sugar coat my teeth, you know, my stomach start to feel weird. Like the sugar, like I can almost like literally feel it running through my veins. I, I cannot stop until either they're all gone or I've literally made myself sick, but then still like grinded through another fistful or two. Um, you know, this is maybe too much information, but a couple of years ago, my mother-in-law bought a few bags for me for my birthday, like sort of as a joke, but I'm telling you, those bags were gone like almost instantly. And and I'd been crushing them for months before that. And I had a doctor's appointment like right at that time. And <laughs> they diagnosed me as pre-diabetic, <laughs> like seriously. And, and here's the weird part. Like I changed 
nothing in my life other than making the people who care me care about me stop putting Starburst jelly beans in front of me. That's the only thing that I change. And a year later, I went back to the doctor and like got the all clear. Uh, that's a true story. But anyway, uh, you're not here for the candy confessions, right? So let, let me just say that uh, the analogy here, the NFL schedule release is like Starburst jelly beans for me. Um, like, I know it's not good for me. I know it's empty calories. It's stuff I already know. And I still go through all of it. So anyway, you know the Chiefs schedule by now, uh, which includes the maximum five primetime games for the Chiefs. But like real quickly, um, here, here's the takeaways I had. The schedule gets front loaded. Um, it's very front loaded. They, they play the Browns, the Ravens, the Chargers, the Bills, and the Titans in the first seven games. Um, by comparison, the last seven opponent, the last seven opponents include the, the Cowboys, the Broncos twice, the Raiders at home, the Steelers, and the Bengals. Um, and as much as we can sort of like responsibly know, you know, about who's going to be good and who won't, like that kind of lines up with what we know about Andy Reid's teams here, right? Like they normally get off to hot starts. Like the, you know, here's another one. The, the Chiefs are the AFC's mile marker, right? Like we know that. They're the team that AFC teams measure themselves against, you know, and that's what happens when you win the AFC two years in a row, you know, with a, with a young core. So it's, it's worth emphasizing that the Browns, Ravens, Chargers, Bills, and Titans, I mean, those are the best teams in the AFC other than the Chiefs, I think. Uh, Browns, Ravens, Chargers, Bills, and Titans. They're all going to be getting the Chiefs. They're all going to be getting them early. And each one is going to be thinking about the Chiefs much more than the Chiefs have time to think about them individually. And, you know, those teams in here, I'd say, like, especially the, the, the Browns and the Chargers have taken specific steps to improve themselves. And in a lot of ways, you can draw a connection in the ways they've gone about that and the ways they think they can that, that the Chiefs can be beat, right? Like, specifically, I'm talking about the Chargers improving the offensive line, the Browns improving the secondary. I I, I draw that line. Maybe that's too much, you know, maybe I'm just thinking about the Chiefs too much, but I, I think that those improvements are being made with the Chiefs in mind. Um, you know, what I'm saying here, what all this means is that we're gonna know so much about how the AFC shakes out before Halloween. Like we're not gonna have to wait until Thanksgiving or Christmas or any of that stuff. Uh, we're, we're gonna know it pretty quick, um, you know, and okay, here's another one. Um, whatever it's worth, I think the Chiefs can get to like 14 and three without a lot of injury luck. Does that sound ridiculous? But that's really what I think. I'm basing that in part of what we talked about earlier, right? Like Reed's hot starts match up well against the, the strength of the schedule. But, you know, one thing that's interesting to me is how well those last six weeks line up for the Chiefs. And, and what I mean by that is they've got the bye week over Thanksgiving, um, which <laughs> I got to say here is absolutely perfect for those of us who cover the team every day, uh, which I understand you have no reason to care about. But uh, after a week 12 bye, which is right in that sweet spot of where you want it, uh, the Chiefs are going to finish with the Broncos at home, the Raiders at home, then at the Chargers, Steelers at home, and then at the Bengals and Broncos. So why is that interesting? Well, I, like I think if, if the Chiefs go into December like a game or two behind somebody for the first round playoff bye or whatever, uh, they could feel pretty good about catching up, you know? Or if they're the team that's up, they might be able to use that last month to either, you know, get healthy um, or spend extra time tuning some stuff that they'll need in the playoffs or, or, or maybe both. So, again, like the NFL built an empire on parity. You've heard me say that again. You'll, you, 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 you've heard me say that before and you'll, you'll hear me say it again. So, like, we can never be sure, 
you know, like which games are going to be difficult and which will be blowouts. But, you know, if the Chiefs, I think this, like maybe this is a weird way to think about things, but if the Chiefs, if you gave them 10 different versions of their schedule and if this was one of them, uh, I think they would have picked this one. I really do. It, it sets up really well. And I hate that I've taken this much time and thought into it. Uh, stupid schedule. These. Um, okay, so j- just so I'm on the record with something you'll be smart to ignore. I really, I think they can get to 14 and three, you know, uh, thinking about like losses to, you know, maybe the Chargers at home, Titans and Raiders on the road. Uh, and, and if I'm completely honest with you, um, I'm saying 14 and three because 15 and two that I think is actually more likely just feels a little bit ridiculous to predict. Uh, God, 15 and two. I really think that's possible. Okay, uh, before we move on to the rest of the show, um, and let me say this too, like 15 and two, can you at least let me assume that the offensive line is going to stay healthy? Because if they are, you've heard me say before, it's going to be the best offensive line that, that Mahomes has had. And I think legit has the best, has the chance to be the best offense overall that the Chiefs have had ever. Um, you know, I, I still believe in Clyde Edwards there. We're going to talk about him again um, in, in the second section. But with a, with a better offensive line, I think that he, that he can really pop. So, um, okay. That's it for the top. Before we move on to the rest of the show, I've got a, a new spiel here for you guys, and I'm going to ask you to do three things. And in full disclosure, we're still cool if you only do one or two or even zero, uh, but it doesn't hurt to ask, right? Um, first thing I'm going to ask, please help support us. Give the Sports Pass a try. Uh, dollar a month for the first three months or $30 for a year. Just reach out to me, Twitter, Facebook, email, and, and I'll send you the link. Second thing I'm going to ask you to do, please rate and review us. To be honest, I'm sort of embarrassed. I haven't been asking you to do this. I basically just didn't think about it. Uh, but I was looking around the other day, just at a few different things and was absolutely pumped. I have to thank you guys. Uh, I can't remember the exact number, but it was a lot of, of and purely like five-star ratings um, on Apple. So like that, that means a ton. To me, it means a ton to Savannah. Um, so thank you guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. But I'm just saying, if you haven't done that, please do. Just go on there, give us a rating. Um, five stars, five stars, five stars. In review, uh, subscribe, all that stuff. It helps us get the word out. Help us out. And the third thing I'm going to ask, if you want to participate in next week's show, please call 816-234-4365. Leave your first name, where you're calling from, and almost literally any question. Put the number in your phone. Call anytime, 816-234-4365. All right, guys, I know I'm asking a lot here, but that's how it's going to be. Subscribe to the Sports Pass. Give us a five-star rating and review and call in with questions. I'm greedy. I get it. But anyway, okay, quick break, and then we're going to be back with these questions. Mike, I'm from Mission, Kansas, um, and yes, I know Arrowhead's in Missouri. Um, and I guess my question is: Is don't you think it's about time for Kansas City to stop freaking out about outsiders not knowing the whole two Kansas City thing? Um, just looks like a bad look when 
We don't give anybody a break. Uh, maybe he's been here a month, makes one statement, and uh, go off on him. So seems like it's uh, time for us to kind of put our big kid pants on and, and realize people from outside the area don't necessarily know difference or the history of the two Kansas cities and the state line. So that's my question. Thanks, Sam. Have a good one. Mike, come on, man. I feel like I'm in church. Uh, I uh, do. You, do you want to do the rest of the show? Uh, because I, I feel like we are we are seeing things the same way. Like uh, it is so dumb, and and people here, people in Kansas City, make such a big deal out of it. And I, also, I, I like to make this point: like living in a place with two Kansas cities that are different, <laughs> one in Kansas of all places, and the other in Missouri. So you have Kansas City, Missouri. Is really weird. There's no Oklahoma City, Kansas. There's no Oklahoma City, Texas. It's just, it's weird. And we should not expect people who've never been here or lived here to keep that straight. If they do, gravy. Uh, that's great. Good for you. Uh, but if they don't, like, guys, it's just weird. Um, and we cannot get worked up about this. Um, I mean, we can, right? We can do anything we want. But um, it just it makes us look like silly, petty insecure. Um, and, and the other thing, look, I, I know I'm probably thinking too much about this stuff. Um, but another thing that bugs me is that this really silly thing is just an illustration of something like that's actually important, um, that I think has held Kansas city back a little bit, which is this dumb infighting where businesses play like Johnson and Jackson County against each other or Wyandotte and clay or whatever. Um, it costs the area tax money, um, you know, but more importantly, we just sort of like, we tend to just wall each other off, you know, and like stick with our own tribes. And I just, I, I really hate it. I really hate it. Uh, Mike, thank you for this chance to rant. Uh, my, my sense is that, by the way, uh, that infighting, my sense is that there's slightly less of that, um, than there used to be. And, and I hope that's a trend that continues, but there's still too much of it. And it just, it drives me absolutely bananas. Um, so Mike, um, thanks again. I, I appreciate you. Um, and while we're at it, you guys, uh, <laughs> you guys are great with the questions, by the way, and I hope you keep them coming. Um, and, and I think for some reason, I think Mike triggered me and, and we're going to, we're going to have a few rants here. So let's, let's talk about something else that drives me crazy. Um, it might drive you crazy. Um, okay. Hi, this is Randy from Hayes, Kansas. In an earnings call last week, Sinclair slash Valley Sports said they would have a direct-to-consumer app for cord cutters starting early next year. This would not replace cable subscribers, but add an ability for more fans to watch the Royals and Sporting KC. When asked, they would not comment about a deal being able to be reached with streaming options sometime during the baseball season. Sinclair did say they have an agreement with teams to add this, but no details yet on subscription costs or how many games would be available. My question is, do you think most cord cutter fans will return in 2022 after left out this year? Thanks. It's a great question, Randy. Um, and this has always been like Sinclair's plan, right? It's always been what people in the know have been hinting at. And it's something that we've written and talked about here as well. Um, my guess is that the subscription will be like something like $10 a month. Um, I don't know, maybe more, maybe less, but something like that. And it'll include everything that's broadcast 
on the, you know, the linear channel, I guess is what we're supposed to call it. And it might even have some extras, but you know, your specific question there is what drives me crazy about this because like Sinclair is choosing to hurt its business here. It, that, that is a decision that Sinclair is making. And I don't care about that, right? Like Sinclair, I don't care if their business does well or not, but what I do care about is that Sinclair's choice to hurt its business means that fewer people can watch and, and fewer people can, can, can connect, you know, with the Royals and sporting and, um, you know, and then more broadly baseball and soccer because the technology for this exists now. Like they can say it's going to launch next year. Um, they could have launched this in 2014, right? Like, I mean, this is just, this is not new technology. Um, it's existed for years. And, you know, just the refusal to be, you know, forward thinking on this, it just, it means that people are being left out. And when people are, are being left out, I mean, like, look, the most passionate of those people being left out will do what I did and just give in and switch to a service that carries the channel. But, uh, and that's obviously what Sinclair wants everybody to do. But, um, you know, the more people like me, who do it, the more that they can justify, you know, sort of their hard line negotiating, but they have to know that there aren't that many of us crazies, <laughs> you know, um, that a lot of people have normal priorities, you know, and, and that even some of us who like desperately want the games on TV, like they have this other part of them that doesn't want to give in. And so they'll find a relatively simple way to stream the games illegally. Right. And that means no extra revenue for Sinclair. Um, or maybe they'll just sit out and, and everybody that sits out and, and look, th this is what you're talking about here, Randy, right? Like everybody that sits out, um, you know, that's a year of like finding other things to do and creating other habits. And now you're expecting these people who've spent a year finding other things to do and a year creating other habits, you're expecting them to then go to the trouble of signing up for and paying for an extra service after a year away. Like I, I'm, Look, I'm admittedly not a business person, but it just seems like such a terrible strategy. Again, like the technology is, is old. It's been around for years. It, it, there shouldn't be this gap that we're in right now. It's, it's, it's really bad. Um, okay, um, it's really bad. I kind of hate it. All right, the, uh, the airing of grievances, I guess, is, is, is what we're going to call this. Um, here's one more. Um, this is from Mark. <laughs> Hi, Sam. This is Mark in Overland Park. Woo! Do you hear it? Do you hear it during the games? That woo! I can't get my voice that high, but it's a consistent woo! It just drives me crazy to the point I have to watch it on mute. Woo! I first heard it in Pittsburgh when the Royals were playing out there. In the last few games, I hear it. And there was even a countdown, like it's orchestrated, that fans in the stands think it's funny or cool to go, ooh, ooh. they drive us crazy. They need to be punched in the mouth. That needs to stop. Ooh. I wish I could do it higher, but my manly man won't let me. Ooh. What do you think, Sam? Bye. <laughs> um, honestly, like this seems like something that should bother me. When, when I hear, especially when I hear you describe it through your, your eyes, like, but I guess I'm just so happy, honestly, to just have games again and, you know, not just games again, but games with fans in the stands again, that I'm just sort of willing to put up with anything. You know what I mean? Um, you know, like scoreboard proposals, like fine, you know, I've, <laughs> I'll even admit, like, I will smile. I promise you this. Uh, there are a few things in this world that I hate more than the wave. 
And I've told that story before, not on the podcast, and I'll, I'll tell it to you again if you want to hear it. Um, but I just, I despise the wave. Uh, and it's personal with me, guys, and it goes back many years. Um, but the first time I see the wave now, like, I think I'm going to smile, <laughs> honestly, because that, that'll mean there's enough people in the stands to do the wave. And, you know, Mark, look, like, I'm not trying to say anything about you, right? Like, I, I respect, <laughs> I, I will defend your right to be annoyed at something small like this. And and Lord knows I've got my own pet peeves. And I so I, I right here, I want to say I hope you respect and will defend my right to be absolutely furious every time someone sits down to like squat on a table at the gas station Joe's while their friend waits in line because they're uneducated rubes who don't respect the process and don't trust their fellow human beings to allow a seat. Oh, that makes my blood boil. Um, so Mark, like those people can play in traffic as far as I'm concerned. They, they can get punched in the mouth to use your words. Um, and so if, if you degree, if you defend me and, and, uh, or even agree with me on the Joe's thing, I will defend you, um, you know, on this like woo thing or whatever. Um, <laughs> so God bless you, Mark. Um, okay. Uh, <laughs> guys, this section's like getting kind of way away from me for a little bit. So, uh, let's do something about actual sports here. Hi, Sam. It's Bill calling from Bozeman, Montana. I want to make a uh, an unsolicited sales pitch before my question. I've been a Sports Pass subscriber for a few years now. Lifelong Chiefs and Royals fan. Never lived in Kansas City, but I've always cheered for the teams, and it's the one thing that really keeps me going. So I, I appreciate the offer, and I appreciate the podcast and all your great work. And I'm hoping you can help me make sense of the Chiefs running back situation and plan. You know, a year ago with uh, Damian Williams and Darrell Williams coming back, they drafted Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who probably not say fair to say he underperformed, but he wasn't uh, probably spectacular by any sense of the imagination during the um, Super Bowl run. And now the team has cut Damian Williams. Um, they, they like cycling through these uh, veteran running backs, many of whom end up getting traded during um, – training camp so I'm just uh, and, and given the situation with the uh, revamped offensive line I'm, I'm hoping you can maybe shed some light or make some sense of the the future of the Chiefs ground game for me thanks very much love the podcast love your work in the paper and uh, I appreciate it all thanks hey uh, Bill thank you uh, thanks for that and uh, thanks to everybody else who signed up as well I appreciate you all um so about Edwards Hilaire, but what's interesting is like I, I'm not sure that he underperformed actually, and or if he did, I guess a better way to say it is uh, I don't think he underperformed to the level that it seems like most people do. Um, I, I know this is a minority opinion, and um, you know I did expect more than you know 803 yards rushing and 36 catches for 297 yards. Uh, I mean I legit thought he'd be a star, um, you know from his rookie year. But um, the season like just kind of didn't go his way. And what I mean by that is like the injuries up front and with Edwards Hilaire specifically, I think the Kalechi Osimile injury was particularly problematic. Um, he just didn't get a lot of chances, you know, like um, pro football focus. I thought this was interesting. Pro football focus had him at 35 missed tackles forced, which actually tied him. These are two interesting names um, tied him for 14th in the league with Kareem Hunt and James Robinson. 
Um, and all but three of the 13 guys ahead of Clyde uh, had more carries. Um, a few of them had like more than 100 more carries. So um, I, I did think Clyde would be more involved in the passing game um, last year. I, I thought that, you know, teams would be so concerned downfield and, and over the middle that Mahomes could dump off to him for an easy five, 10 yards, you know, maybe more if you make somebody miss. Um, but this is what I'm talking about. Like the season didn't go his way because teams weren't, you know, they, they just, they didn't have to defend the Chiefs the way that they needed to for Clyde to, to, to go off. Um, you know, Look, here's here's a way. Like, uh, you're asking about the run game going forward. Um, that that's your question here, right? And and I really do think they're going to operate differently next year. Uh, they completely flipped the line, and these guys have different strengths. And we can get into the weeds on that sometime if you want. But basically, I think you know they're just going to have more options in short yardage. They're going to be able to, you know, better control the interior of the line of scrimmage between the tackles. So I think that's going to open up some things on the edges. But there, there's something broader here that we have to keep in mind. And I'm bringing this up because. Look, I, I want to make sure that you feel like this podcast and the columns that just kind of help you follow your favorite teams, you know, understand them better. Um, and here's something that's going to sound weird. Um, the point of the Chiefs run game will never be to run the ball. OK, I know that sounds goofy, uh, but it's true. The point is not to run the ball. The point is to make the passing game even more dangerous. That's the whole thing. And it falls under this like Chiefs golden rule thing I always talk about, which is, you know, everything they do is aimed at help, helping Patrick Mahomes. Like, you know, because last season, teams just didn't respect the run game. They didn't have to. They knew they could push the Chiefs around up front, particularly in the middle, um, so that they could play with an extra defensive back or two. You know, they didn't have to worry about play action. They could do all these things that gave them just a little better chance to keep up with, you know, Mahomes and Hill and Kelsey. And, you know, it even got to the point that teams didn't need to worry so much about the straight-ahead run game and short yardage, right? Like, they could just anticipate and play for these, you know, these quick hitters, you know, Ferrari Wright. Um, you know, they, that, they could anticipate that kind of thing, um, you know, just those short yardage plays that, that try to stretch horizontally. Um, and, and this offseason has been about like wrestling back some of that. And, and I think you'll see it in a more efficient ground game. But more importantly, I think you'll see it in the way that teams defend, you know, in the number of linebackers they keep on the field and, and where everybody is. Because look, like Patrick Mahomes is is a freak. He's, he's going to be good no matter what. But we're, what, three years into this? And, and remember that like no matter what, uh, like, remember that the absolute best that he's been in these three years was when Kareem Hunt was in the backfield. That's not a coincidence. That's the absolute, the most efficient, the most dangerous that he's been. Defense had to respect Hunt. They had to respect the run game. Um, you know, and I don't know that they have a back as individually talented as Kareem Hunt. I mean, Edwards Hilaire is close. Um, he's got, you know, the slipperiness, but he's, you know, he's just not as powerful. Uh, but I think what they've done here is just get a little bit closer to the old ground game which is going to make defending the pass more difficult, which is just the point in literally everything they do, right? Um, I, think about it that way. The, the run game, the point of the run game is not to run the ball. I know it's goofy, but I hope, I hope that made sense. I hope you understand what I'm trying to say. Um, okay, um, and I hope that's something that, you know, keep in mind when you're talking about the Chiefs with your friends or thinking about the team or, you know, watching them this fall. Um, okay, uh, we're going to do a quick break, and then we are back conversation with Royals manager Mike Matheny um, at a really interesting time to hear directly from the Royals manager. Like, I, I know that you guys are frustrated with the last two weeks, and trust me, I get it, uh, but this was a really interesting conversation. I think you'll get something out of it. Um, okay, let's do that break. 
Okay, guys, bonus section. Uh, here we go. And I think I mentioned here that I appreciate the way that Mike Matheny is doing his job with the Royals. And uh, <laughs> two weeks ago, it seemed like most of you guys agreed. <laughs> uh, so I guess I'm curious how many of you have changed your minds. Um, but I tell you, I actually appreciate him even more now. Um, I know that probably sounds kind of crazy, but um, you know, he, he's fond of saying that you shouldn't trust a leader without a limp. Uh, which is a cooler way of saying that, you know, leaders specifically, and I think humans in particular, like should always learn from failure, you know, and, and also that you learn more about someone from failures than successes, you know, and I think we're learning a lot about Mike in those ways now. Right. And look, I, I know the focus is usually on like in-game decisions, right? Like lineups, uh, where guys are in the field <coughs> or hey, so there, uh, you know, pitching changes and that kind of thing. But I'm telling you that stuff is, I don't know what percentage of a manager's job it is, but it's it's significantly less than 50. You know, the, the important stuff goes on kind of behind the scenes. I know there's some guessing going on, especially now when we're not, you know, allowed in the clubhouse, um, at least at the moment. But I guess what I'm saying is like, there's a lot going on here with Mike and that team. And, you know, this is a really interesting place. You know, Matheny, he is really open about what he feels and what he thinks. He wears it on his sleeve. And, you know, the fact that his team had the best record in baseball before losing 11 games in a row heading into Friday's doubleheader with the White Sox, that's just, that's a lot to digest. You know what I mean? So uh, anyway, I, I was able to talk to Mike before Thursday's game in Detroit. Uh, there's a column on the website right now from the conversation. Obviously, I hope you read it. Uh, it's got details that we're just, we just can't do here. Uh, but I also think it's cool to hear some of this stuff in Mike's own words, you know, and, and I thought this was really honest here, uh, especially about where this group is on its, you know, sort of journey to learn how to win. You know, the end result comes back on uh, on uh, on the manager. And that's unfortunately, I, I knew that, too, when all of a sudden we're getting a whole lot of attention and everybody's wanting to, you know, and I, I just want to make sure that we kept celebrating what our guys were doing because this is a group that needs to know and learn how to win. Yeah. And part of that is this group needs to learn and know um, how to bounce back from tough runs. It's a constant balance. Uh, you know, Mike has a bigger sense of urgency, you know, I think a bigger push to win each game than, you know, honestly, any manager I've covered here. Uh, and, and that goes all the way back to Buddy Bell. But 162 games, that's just way too many to live and die on each result. And, you know, I think Mike sees his biggest responsibility as the culture in the clubhouse, you know, bringing, you know, just a, a consistent energy and preparation. And that means trying as hard as he can to be the same guy, you know, when they have the best record in baseball as he is when a losing streak hits 11 and now you're going to play the White Sox. Um, you know, there's at least one spot in here that he'll change and, and maybe change is the wrong word. But I think one thing that he'll emphasize during the bad stretches uh, and here he is talking about that. More of that communication. And it's times like these that communication has to be amplified. Um, talking with guys, not some false sort of, you know, or any of the garbage of getting up and flipping tables. And, you know, if that happens naturally, it happens. But you don't just conjure. Not a show. Up, right? They smell that from a, a mile away. Yeah. Um, you know, we've had a couple more intense conversations. And most of it's been, boys, you're going to, where I'm going to get hacked off is if you start doubting. You start doubting you, you start doubting us, that's when I'm going to have a problem. Yeah. Until then, you just put your head down and you fight, because that's what we're being asked to do right yeah. now, is fight our way through this. It's not going to be the first time. It certainly won't be the last. If you're able to play this game very long, you're going to go through these times. 
But all these things are easier said than done, right? Like every single one of them. Like baseball is just a brutal game, especially at the highest level. Um, you know, there's all these moving parts between, you know, wanting to win every day, but also understanding that there's a long season and development that's important. And, you know, the parts about staying positive, but also being honest about what's going wrong. You know, I mean, like really there's like, there's not a human being who can do all these things perfectly by himself, you know, and Mike's got a pretty big support group that he leans on, um, you know, not just his staff, uh, which is, you know, the most important part, but he also has a group of friends, um, you know, just sort of like high achievers in different parts of the world, you know, business, coaching, entrepreneurs, whatever. And and they stay in contact constantly and, and try to lift each other up and keep each other honest. And, you know, the kind of thing is particularly important in stretches like this, you know what I mean? And uh, anyway, here's Mike talking about that. You know, it's interesting. I was even thinking about this morning, you know, I kept deflecting um, a good start. Everybody wants to talk about how important it is to get off to a good start. Um, I, I do think it's very important, um, but it's not the whole story, yeah. right? Um, because you can go on an unbelievable start and then you have a long rut, right? And yeah. so in the end, what you need is today. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's where anybody that I have investing into me, um, and I've got a, a long group of people that I, you know, even today, I just get all these little things. And um, most of them are guys who've been successful in business that have become not just friends, but mentors. And to constantly send me stuff just to, you know what, get, get back today. You know, today is what we control. Let's uh, let's go about this in a great way. And, and there's a sick uh, part of um, people that I find myself drawn to and I realize is part of me too. Um, that realize it's a privilege when you get stuck in a mess yeah. and things things get hard. Um, it's a privilege to be able uh, to be in a position to go and serve people and try and help them do some things that maybe they were doubting they could do on their own. Yeah. Um, but uh, I think that's a big part of the position. So this is going to sound morbid, uh, but, you know, Mike's words there remind me of Dayton Moore when he told Giordano Ventura's mother that it was a privilege to be able to mourn with her. That is just, that is such a powerful concept to me. You know, nobody wants to go through this, right? But if you can bend your mind away from the negative and kind of just view it as a privilege, like they're saying here, um, you know, that you get to do this you get to dig your way out of this. Uh, I think that's a pretty powerful thing and, and maybe the best way to go about it. So, of course, I get reality, right? Uh, what really matters is, is just getting a win somehow, no matter what, <laughs> right? And Mike knows he, he's going to be judged uh, negatively as long as this thing goes on. Um, so anyway, they got two chances today. Um, okay, guys, uh, we're going to wrap this up here, uh, but I hope you got something out of that. Again, there, there's a column up now uh, that will have more details and more insight from Mike, uh, and I hope you check it out. Okay, I, I appreciate all of you guys listening. Um, I hope we're worth your time. One more time, please reach out to me if you can't, if you can help support us with the Sports Pass. Please subscribe, rate and review to the podcast. Thanks to everybody who called in, even those we couldn't get to. Very big thanks to Savannah Smith for putting this together. And as always, the biggest thanks to you guys for, for giving us your time and letting us be a small part of your life. Let's do it again next week uh, when, you know what? I'm going to go out on a limb here and I'm going to tell you we're going to be able to talk about multiple Royals wins by then. Uh, I know it sounds crazy, but that's what I feel. Okay, guys, uh, have a good weekend. Be kind. Be kind.